To all who come to this happy podcast, welcome. <laughs> this podcast is your podcast. <laughs> it's actually our podcast. Yes, it is. Can you guess what we're talking about today? I bet most people can't. <laughs> Why don't you tell them? If I had to guess. We're talking about Disneyland. Yeah. <laughs> Disneyland is one of our very favorite places. We love Disneyland so much. Sorry, my introduction today was modified from Walt's opening day speech. <laughs> yep. That's and just one of the many ridiculous things you have to look forward to about today's podcast. Yep. And today's format's going to be a little bit different because, not because we're experts, but because nobody lives at Disneyland, so we can't interview experts on it, um, or interview locals, I guess I should say. So we're just going to talk your ear off and... I apologize in advance, but hopefully some of what we have to say is exciting or new to you. Um, yeah. Do you want to add anything? I will just say that Walt Disney used to live at Disneyland. Not really lived there, but he had an <laughs> apartment, so we could have interviewed him, but he's dead. Aww. And on that note... <laughs> Hey, Haley. What? So, do you know why the seven dwarves don't drink? No. Because they're minors. Aww. <laughs> yep. That was our joke for today. <laughs> but yeah, we love Disneyland, and uh, we want to talk a little bit about some of the many things that are great about it. But first, um, I wanted to... Maybe get into a little bit of Disneyland history and trivia. So, Haley. What? Do you know when Disneyland opened? How old Disneyland is? Uh, is it 1955? Yes. Okay. So that would make it... I don't math. <laughs> 62 years old. 62 years old. It opened on July 17th, which is nine days before my birthday. Not the same year. No, though. not the same year. <laughs> not even close. Just wanted to point mm -hmm. that out. Yeah, but uh, I'm, I'm going to keep asking you questions until you get one right. I did get one right. I said 1955. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> so we're done asking questions, right? Fine. <laughs> Do you know how when Walt Disney came up with the idea for Disneyland? When he was four years old. No. <laughs> I don't know. He was at Griffith Park in Los Angeles, and he was sitting on a bench. Isn't that the La La Land Park, yes. by the way? Like where the observatory yeah. is? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, he was at Griffith Park and watching his daughters ride the Griffith Park merry-go-round, and he was sitting on a park bench, and he thought about what a great idea it would be to have a type of amusement park where the whole family can go together and enjoy things. Hmm. And do you know where that park bench is today? In... Disneyland. It is in Disneyland. I, yeah, I had heard that. It's in the Opera House. And oh. for all the times that we have been to Disneyland, I mean, I guess I can't speak for you, but I have never gone in to see it. I have not gone in to see it. We should do that next time we go. Yeah. So yeah, Disneyland. Totally awesome. 
in the same vein of Disney trivia and history, um, several months ago, we watched a movie. Oh, man. <laughs> we watched a movie called Walt Before Mickey. Um, you can guess what it's about. It's obviously about Walt Disney before pre-Mickey, pre-Disneyland, and then also kind of talked about, you know, how he came up with, with Mickey. Mm-hmm. and It's like his rise to fame yeah. story. Yeah. Um, it was, I don't know. I mean, I knew bits and pieces of Disney history and, and the beginnings of all that. Um, it was very informative, actually. But, and this is a big <laughs> asterisk next to the, our recommendation of the film. Uh, if you find it, it, I think we watched it on Netflix. Um, you should just watch it and prepare to be entertained and not necessarily in a good way. It's... You're, tip, you're <laughs> tiptoeing around the fact that this was a truly awful movie. It was so <laughs> bad. It was so bad. So Walt Disney's brother, Roy, is played by Napoleon Dynamite. <laughs> Which is weird. Yeah. Um, his aunt is played by Stephanie from Full House. Oh, yeah. Who's like totally not old enough to play his aunt in this movie. Oh, I th- but I think we looked it up and I think she was like really young. Okay. Like, I think she was like a second wife of his uncle. But it was still it's weird. It's still really weird. Stephanie Tanner. Yeah. It's his aunt. Um. There was also some major continuity problems. <laughs> like the entire movie, Roy Disney is married. And then all of a sudden he's like, hey, whoever grows the best mustache can be my best man at my wedding because I'm getting married. And we're like, what? You're already married. Like, what? <laughs> How was, is this happening right now? It was weird. It was really kind of terrible, but informative like i appreciated the history part of it because i i really wasn't aware of most of that yeah you learn about ub iWorks, um walt disney's early partner in which, animation which is a person's name yes. if you can believe it <laughs> his name was ub iWorks. um very influential in disney history but often very overlooked um you also learn about uh, oswald the lucky rabbit one yep. of walt disney's first creations that he lost the rights to and at that point vowed that he would never give up control of any of his characters ever again, which I think is very important in the Disney history. Especially now, considering they own, like, everything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're not giving it up anytime soon. <laughs> yeah, but it's, it's an interesting story, for sure. So, yeah. watch it, enjoy <laughs> it, make fun of it. We did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was really great. We still talk. I mean, clearly we still talk about it. We're talking about it now. Yeah. So, Haley, what's your favorite thing about Disneyland? Uh, I love, I just love, it's so, this is so cliche, but it is so magical. Like, the people that work there are lovely. The atmosphere is just charming. Everywhere you go, it's like, it's just such a, ha- I mean, it's the happiest place on earth. And I know that that's like, sounds so ridiculous and corny and that's their tagline, but they have, they have totally mastered that. And I love experiencing that with, with friends and family. Um, I think that's my favorite. Yeah. I think it, I think it might just be like a strong nostalgia connection for mm-hmm. me since, you know, I grew up going to Disneyland. Yeah. I just love the feeling of walking into the park you know, through the tunnel onto Main Street, 
And you're hearing the old timey music playing. Music Man is undoubtedly yeah, playing because they play it every like four it's songs. The music Man. <laughs> um, Oklahoma is another staple. Yeah. And the old Disney movies like Happiest Millionaire, they'll play songs from that. Mm-hmm. And um, I just love the the feeling. And and Disney just just does such a great job of creating good atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What are your what are some of your favorite rides? Um, I love. I love the Matterhorn and I love um, Thunder Mountain probably because I'm not a big roller coaster fan. And those were probably the first rides that I went on that I was like, this is a roller coaster. I can totally handle this. (laughs) It's not, they're not roller coasters. They don't count, but they were the first like quote unquote big kid rides that I went on. And I was like, yeah, this is fun. Um, I love both of those. I also love Mm -hmm. Indiana Jones too. I didn't used to love that one, but it's it's grown on me a lot. Um, yeah. yeah. What I, about you? I love all those ones. Um, I love Space Mountain. Space oh yeah. Space Mountain, I think, is probably my favorite. We just barely got back from a trip to Disneyland Space, last month. Yeah. yeah. Space Mountain was closed because they're refurbishing it for the yeah. Halloween uh, Space Mountain Ghost Galaxy. Mm-hmm. And I I forget about Space Mountain because for a good so I grew up in Southern California and we went to Disneyland a lot, but. For a good chunk of my childhood, they were renovating Space Mountain. So I didn't go on it until I was like probably in high school. Um, and so I just forget about that one, yeah. which is weird. But I love Space Mountain. And then I just loved, again, just the nostalgia that comes out of me. I love the, some of the classic old rides. Um, Pirates of the Caribbean. Mm-hmm. Uh, Peter Pan has always been a favorite in my family. So I love that one. Yeah. And um, Haunted Mansion. Mm-hmm. Lots of fun. And your favorite, Splash Mountain. <laughs> I do not love Splash Mountain. I don't like drops on rides. And so S- Splash Mountain is just dumb for me. Like, I'm like, <laughs> what is the point of this? This is not fun. I really like it. I don't like and it. I like riding with you because I like the faces you make in the picture they take of you. I look like I'm dying. <laughs> the veins are popping out of your neck. Yeah, it's bad. It's adorable. Mm, I don't know about that. <laughs> um... One thing that I should, and this isn't related to rides, but this is just related to great um, things that I love about Disneyland. So I think this was, this was also when I was in high school, but um, my mom or my parents got, um, so on Main Street, there's a silhouette studio where you can go in, literally sit down for 60 seconds and this amazing silhouette master. I don't even know what their profession, like what you would call them, but a scissorologist, <laughs> something like that. <laughs> they it seriously takes like 60 seconds and they cut out a silhouette, um, of, you know, you and my mom or my parents got one of all five of us kids, which was really fun. We got one when we went there for our anniversary and it's just uh, honeymoon, honeymoon. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and it's just, I think it's overlooked. And as far as souvenirs go, it's like one of the cheaper options that you can get in Disneyland, I feel like. And it's, it's a really cool thing. Um, it's $10 per person in the, in the silhouette or per silhouette that they cut. Um, and they do a really awesome job job. I'm actually looking at ours hanging on our wall right now and it's making me very happy. It's really neat. Like when you first told me about it, I had never heard of it before most people like it's just there on main street and most people walk right by it or don't realize that it's actually a silhouette shop like they think it's it's just some like one of the signs that they have like the just like the piano tuner sign right (laughs) (laughs) but no it's real yeah and and so i was like okay yeah we'll go do it but 
I didn't realize that they really just get a pair of scissors and they just black paper black paper and they just cut it freestyle just by looking at you yeah and one thing that I thought was neat is the lady that was doing it for us she told us that it was um, an original souvenir at Disneyland when it first opened and that it was one of it was Walt's favorite um, like souvenir type thing in the park and that's why they've kept it all these years that's yeah. what I remember. Do you remember that? Yeah, uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> just yeah. I'm sure I remember that story, right? <laughs> yeah. But anyway, just kind of a cool thing, really unique souvenir, I think. Um, yeah. It's yeah. just, you can, I mean, the, the Mickey ears are wonderful. There's lots of other fun souvenirs you can get. Um, but that's just one thing that I think is a little more unique if you're going to get a souvenir at Disneyland. Yeah. Another thing that was cool, too, that I remember about getting it is that after the lady cut it out, she showed it to us. And I think we were kind of like, oh, I don't know if that's like quite yeah. right. And she did it over for us. Yeah. Which I thought was super nice of her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was cool. So anyway, just something to think about if you're in the, in the market for a fun Disney souvenir. Yeah, totally. Um, next, we're going to get into things to eat mm. at Disneyland. There are a plethora of options. And as we learned from our friend, Ryan Kelly, oh my when we went with him, <laughs> um, I hope he's listening. I do too. Or his wife, his cute wife, Paige. Um, there's a lot of food options and you can pretty much eat all day at Disneyland. If you want to, it can get really expensive, it really can. fast. Um, but at some point, I mean, you have to eat like, you can't, I mean, I guess you could, but you could pack a lunch if you were really dedicated and um, really pinching your pennies, but um, there are some good food options at Disneyland and you can find them and not um, leave the park totally broke. Yeah. And I mean, if you're really wanting to be frugal, there's a McDonald's across the street. Yep. But why go to McDonald's when you can eat Magical Disneyland food. <laughs> yeah. So some of my favorite things, um, and actually the first thing on our list, I've never had. Have you had the corn dogs? I think I've had a bite of one, but I've never had one to myself. So um, I think your mom raves about yeah, the corn dogs. My mom does, and I think my sister Nicole, and she loves them. The internet loves them. Yeah. Um, personally have never tried them. I always mean to, and then I get distracted by rides or other things. Um, but there's a, there's a little red, it's called the little red wagon on main street and they sell corn dogs and apparently they are out of this world. Yeah. The very North end of main street on the East hand side. Yep. Um, just by the, uh, where they do the, um, breakfast with Minnie. And if you're directionally challenged, that's on the <laughs> right side. If you're walking towards the castle. Yeah. At the, I, at East... the castle side of the streets. Yeah. East would not mean anything to me. <laughs> Sorry. It's fine. But yeah, they're really good. Um, I think Disneyland is world famous for their churros. <laughs> Everyone loves the churros. And you can yep. smell them yeah. everywhere you go. I think that's one of the smells that they're pumping in. I, that's probably true. But they're only, <laughs> but it's I really swear good. it's only around the churro carts, actually. That they're, I don't know. Maybe they pump them in strongly there. Maybe. Churros are great. Um, one thing that we discovered... Um, I think the first time we had, at least the first time I had them was when we were there on our honeymoon, mm -hmm. were the Mickey Mouse shaped beignets in New Orleans Square. Oh, guys, they were really good. They're, they're so powder sugary. Mm -hmm. And they're kind of like hidden 
Yeah. It's like in this little window um, next to the is, it the, is it the Cafe Orleans? I think so. Yeah, so right, you go into the Cafe Orleans and it's like almost in the back um, of the little outdoor seating patio. Mm-hmm. You have to go all the way around the back of New Orleans Square to get into the line for them. Um, and there's just this tiny little window mm-hmm. that you order the beignets from. And every now that I know where it is, every time I look over there, there's a line. Yeah. So And it rivals the Dole Whip line, yeah. I feel like. Yeah. So just look for a little window with a line, and that's where the beignets come from. Yeah. I think you can also get them at, like, if you sit down for a meal at Cafe Orleans. But um, the window, it's like a to-go window yeah. where you can just get beignets. They're dang good. They're delicious. Very worth it. Yeah. Um, And then, so if you're in the park and you don't pack a lunch or you are looking for a a good-sized meal and you don't want to be broke, a couple options. So at Disneyland, my favorite places are Rancho del Zocalo. Um, It's a Mexican place um, in Frontierland. Frontierland. Mm -hmm. And... Um, it's great. The portion sizes there are big. And so you could get away with eating a later lunch and still not be hungry for dinner, which is nice. You know, what's cool about Rancho del Zocalo? What? That's where Doritos were invented. What? True story. What? Look it up. That's crazy. Yep. Why? I don't know, (laughs) but they were. I feel like they should be called Zocalos instead of Doritos. Or should be called Rancho del Doritos. Yeah. Yeah. How have you never told me that before? I swear I have. <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> that was news to me, guys. <laughs> Maybe I just forgot. Um, another place at Disney on the Disneyland side that is good and has good-sized portions um, is the Royal Street Veranda. There's a big, um, I think it's like a big blue sign that says Gumbo and Jambalaya. Mm-hmm. It's over in New Orleans yeah. Square. It's right around the corner from Pirates of the Caribbean. Yep. You can't, I mean, just look for the big... It's like a big banner that says gumbo. Um, They also have really good bread bowls that are really filling. Um, You won't be hungry if you eat that for lunch. Um, You won't be hungry for dinner, which is nice. And then on the California Adventure side, um, Cochina Cucamonga, which is a a ridiculous (laughs) name, but um, also a Mexican place. We've, I think we've gone there the last couple times we've been to Disneyland. We've eaten there a lot together. And again, portion sizes are pretty big. Um, I think it's like ten or twelve dollars for a plate. Yeah, it's which not too bad. Eating at Disneyland, like that's that's pretty decent. Um, and you get quite a bit of food from that. And then right across the kind of across the plaza is the Pacific Wharf Cafe. Um, and they I didn't realize this, but they also do bread bowls. <laughs> and yep. I think they also have gumbo. Um maybe. Yeah. But they have good clam chowder, good soups um that come in bread bowls. And bread is going to fill you up anyway. So mm-hmm. um, those are kind of where we go. And then another thing to keep in mind, too, is that at any, pretty much at any restaurant, um, you can ask for free water, um, just a free cup of water. If you're, you know, if you do pack your lunch or, you know, you're snacking throughout the day, um, you can always ask for a cup of water. Yeah. That's always free. You can go in anywhere and they'll give you water. Yep. Which is nice. One thing to think about, too, there's also some fine dining options in Disneyland if you want to spend a little bit of extra money. Um, We recommend Carthay Circle. Yep. That's where we ate uh, 
the night we got engaged in Disneyland because, again, we're obsessed. <laughs> and uh, we ate there again recently on our last trip there. Delicious. It's really good. It's not cheap, but if you want like a fancy dining experience in Disneyland, then Carthay Circle is a good option. Yeah, and that's over in California Adventure. Yeah, it's the big tower. It looks um, like a mission. Yeah, it looks like a California mission when you're first coming into California Adventure. Yeah, kind of on the left side. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're just walking straight down the street. Yeah. So uh, we wanted to talk about some of the recent changes that have come about in Disneyland. Uh, probably the biggest one from just this uh, last summer is the introdu- introduction of Max Pass, which is a, if you're familiar with Fast Pass, that's kind of like a system that Disneyland has that allows you to essentially, it's kind of like reserving a spot in line almost. Yep. Um, you go and you can uh, get a little card that tells you what time to come back to get in, in, into the short line, essentially. What MaxPass is, is that same sort of thing, except it's all done on your phone. Um, you log in with the, your Disney account, and you can reserve fast passes just right from your smartphone. Um, it's not free. It costs $10 a day right now. Per person. Yeah, per person. $10 a day per person. Um, we haven't tried the MaxPass. Um, my thought on it has been that FastPass, I think at, right now... FastPass is effective enough still that we've kind of stuck with that. Yeah. Um, that might change in the future if, you know, a lot of people start getting on MaxPass or I don't know, one way or the other. But for right now, FastPass to us has, has been working just fine, and we don't know that the MaxPass is worth it for us. Yeah, and for $10 a day, I mean, that could be a meal, or that that could be a silhouette if you... If you opted for a souvenir instead mm-hmm. of the Max Pass, just something to think about. Yeah. Um, on the subject of Fast Pass, a uh, couple things to keep in mind also is that with the um, upgrade to Max Pass, they've also made some slight changes to how Fast Pass works. Traditionally, what you would do is you would uh, go to the kiosk next to the ride that you wanted to use your Fast Pass at, and you had your um, Disneyland ticket. And it would scan your ticket, and then it would shoot out a little piece of paper that tells you what time to come back to get in the, in the fast pass line. That's all still true. The change is that now, when you, uh, in the old way, when you would get up to the line, you would hand the cast member the little piece of paper with the time on it. And that was kind of like your ticket to get into the fast pass line. What you do now is uh, when you get to the front of the line, there's um, a little... A little sensor, like a little sensor, and you pull out your Disneyland ticket, your park ticket, yeah, the park ticket, not the paper with the time on it, and scan your park ticket, Um, and that's what gets you into the Fast Pass line. Um, So essentially, the piece of paper you get out of the kiosk is just your physical reminder of what time to go get in line. Yeah, it all. uh, If I'm being totally honest, it feels like. Disney is trying to work out some of the bugs right now with the with the new Max Pass versus Fast Pass mm-hmm. system. They may be testing some things, but right now it kind of just feels like a waste of paper. And yeah, it, it's it's interesting. Well, and you know why I think they've done this, and it's a little confusing for people that aren't familiar with the system. Yeah, I think they've done this because before, you know, a Fast Pass was interchangeable. Like you know, if you had ten people in your group, and 
you know, for whatever reason, only five of them wanted to ride Space Mountain, you could get 10 fast passes and those five people could each use a fast pass twice. Mm. That's not necessarily the case anymore because it's tied to your park ticket. I guess that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Which I guess you could still give someone your park ticket, but you know, before if you had a fast pass that you couldn't use and no one in your group could, you could just give it to a stranger. Just yeah. as like, hey, hey, here's a free fast pass. Have a fun day. You can't do that anymore. Yeah. That may be why Disney's cracking down on it. I don't know. Yeah. Mm. Um, another couple updates we wanted to talk about with fast pass is there are now a couple of new rides that have fast passes that did not used to. Yep. Uh, one is Matterhorn. Yep. And that is located, um, I was going to say north of the Matterhorn, but now I can't. <laughs> Just across from the main entrance, um, kind of underneath the monorail yeah. um, track. Over by, there's usually like a Disney vacation kiosk yeah, right there. there is. It's over on that side. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's just right across from the entrance uh, where the kiosks are for that. And then Toy Story Midway Mania over in California Adventure also now has Fast Passes, which is a huge yeah. deal because that line... Hallelujah. Is ridiculous. That line is always super long. Yeah. And so it's nice that they have fast yeah. passes for that now. For good reason, because that ride is awesome. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It's really mm -hmm. fun. My arm always gets tired yeah. by the end of it because <laughs> I'm a wimp. But and the fast pass um station for that is uh kind of across the like if you're walking down that main not main street, but the that street um right in front of Midway Mania. Midway Mania is on your left. The kiosk is on the right. Yeah, kind of towards the carousel. Yeah. Yeah, but across, but lake. across from the carousel. Yep. Yeah. So those are the two new rides that have fast passes. Um, another thing, while again while we're talking about fast passes, is the new Fantasmic show. Yay! So Fantasmic has been this show that they put on in the Rivers of America and Tom Sawyer Island, and they've been doing it for a long time now, like. I think probably longer than they ever intended to is my guess. Cause it's become so popular. Um, but they've updated the show. Um, I don't want to give it too many spoilers, but there's some parts that have been removed and uh, new segments that have been put in. If you're really curious, you could look on the internet cause they say everything. Yeah. That <laughs> yeah. There, there are no spoilers can, or the internet is full of spoilers. You, could, you could probably watch a YouTube version yeah. of the show, but, um, because it's new, it's very popular right now, and they have introduced fast passes for Fantasmic for the first time. Yeah, and we, I mean, not really intentionally, but we just happened to be kind of over in that area um, pretty early on in our day when we were there. I thought it was intentional because I was like, I want to, I want to see Fantasmic. But I didn't. Okay, <laughs> I guess in that respect, it was intentional. But we, we weren't. We didn't think that they were going to run out. Um, we got there, um, again, pretty early in the day and they ran out of fast passes shortly after we got ours. Yeah. It was, it was crazy. I'm sure that they were out by within 30 to 45 minutes of the park opening. Yeah. For both. And they do two shows. They do. Well, I guess yeah. the night we were there, the day we were there, they did two yeah, shows. For the nine o'clock show and the 1030 show. And you can look up all the show times and parade times. Um, before you go, if you're an ultra planner like me, mm -hmm. um, you can, you can seriously plan out your whole day. Um, if you're, if you know, there are parades you want to see or certain shows, um, that's all available online and you can, you can look 
at what day you're going and plan it out that way. And while I'm thinking of it, download the Disneyland app. Oh yeah. That was really nice because they, it'll give you ride wait times, Mm -hmm. which there's a bunch of third party apps that do that too. And that's what we used to use, but the Disneyland app is great. Yeah. And it also tells you again, opening and closing times for both parks show times. It'll also tell you, like, say you're, you know, on the other side of the park and you're trying to get over to Indiana Jones, you can look on the app and it will tell you if Indiana Jones is down for maintenance or which I feel like 80% of the time it is. (laughs) Um, But it'll, it'll tell you, like, you can be a little bit forward thinking and say, okay, we're going over to this side. Is there anything over there that we should know? Like if, if rides are down or if there's a show happening over there, um, just something to think about too. Yeah. Um, with the new Fantasmic, even though we got fast passes, it was kind of insane. I that's another arena where I feel like Disney's still figuring that out. the The queuing area was a mess. Yeah, it wasn't handled very well. And it so our show started like half an hour after the fireworks show ended, and so it was just this massive convergence of everybody trying to get from over where they had been watching the fireworks over to Tom Sawyer's Island um, area, the Rivers of America area. Too many people in too small of a space and nobody knew what was going on and everybody was just getting frustrated. Yeah. <laughs> and we didn't even, like, even though we had a fast pass, we still didn't have great, a great view of the show because it was just crazy. Yeah, and in the past, you know, you used to just go and stake out a spot to watch Fantasmic, which if you got there early enough, it went pretty well. I don't think they've figured out the best way to do crowd control for yeah. the fast pass system for the waiting in line aspect yeah. of the show. And I think to to your point, I think you can still, if you're really diehard and want to go camp out for Fantasmic, I mean, you could do that. There, There's mm-hmm. still some general viewing areas that are great. Um, but yeah, the, the fast pass situation was just kind of a headache. Yeah. I will wrap up. By saying, though, that I love Fantasmic. Mm-hmm. I think it's a great show. I was just kind of sad that it was so hectic, I didn't feel like I could enjoy it as much as I normally would. Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty crazy. Um, one other thing that we probably should talk about is um, places to stay when you go to Disneyland. So growing up in Southern California, staying in L.A. was not, or in Anaheim, I guess I should say, we didn't do that. We just drove my my mom or my dad just drove us back home uh, when we were done at the park and we just slept in the car. And I was really looking back. I'm really grateful to my parents for doing that. <laughs> Thanks mom and dad. Um, Cause that was really nice. But um, any, almost anywhere you stay on either Harbor, Bo- Harbor Boulevard or Catella Avenue is those are, that's prime real estate. That's great for getting to and from the park. Yeah. I mean, I love, I loved, I mean, growing up when I was really little, we always stayed at Uncle Bud's house. But, you know, when I got older, we started staying in hotels that were close to Disneyland, usually within walking distance. And staying on Harbor Boulevard across the street from Disneyland, in my book, is a great way to go. Yeah. I mean, you're close enough that, you know, if you're there for multiple days and uh, aren't quite as rushed to see everything... In the middle of the afternoon, if you're tired, you can go back to the hotel and take a half hour nap. Yeah. Which may not be an option if you're staying far away from the park. Yeah, it's true. And I mean, Harbor Boulevard is just, there's a hotel literally like 
all I feel like that whole street is just hotels and a restaurant and Denny's. <laughs> yeah, it's like there are tons of places to stay. Um, I would also recommend. I mean, hotels.com. This is not. Um, they're not a sponsor or anything. I just like them. Um, they've they've I've had really good success booking through them. Um, hotels.com usually has great deals. I would also recommend checking out the reviews for the hotels. Um, both on hotels.com, um, you could check out the reviews on Google. Um, even TripAdvisor sometimes might have some some reviews that don't show up on hotels.com. Um, check those before you book. Um, do you have anything else to say about places to stay? Yes. One thing I was going to say also is to just to be aware of, some hotels on Harbor Boulevard will charge you to park your car there. Oh, yeah. So be aware of that. Um, they don't all. Like the last one we stayed at, they didn't, they didn't charge us to park our car. But um, there are some that will charge you. Yeah. So that's something you might want to investigate before you book a place. Yeah. And if they charge you for parking, maybe you don't get the max pass or, you know, you, there's trade-offs. Yeah. You can, you can make it work. Mm-hmm. Um, or... If you're real, if you're just going to be in the Anaheim area, it might be worth just taking an Uber to your ho- from the airport to the hotel, sticking around there, and then taking an Uber back to the airport, not even worrying about a rental car. Yeah, um, is another option. Um, and then finally, um, seasons and times to go to Disneyland. So we've been several times um, all throughout. I feel like we've probably between the two of us we've probably been all of the months like all of the seasons and um but the i personally have had the most success and the fewest the smallest crowds at disneyland in september and in february um september i think is because the you know school's back in session um so there's not as many people traveling in from out of town. There's also not as many locals because, you know, those kids are back in school. Um, and then February, I don't know why February. Um, maybe everybody's because just... Because it's before spring break, but it's... The weather can be kind of hit or miss. Like mm-hmm. sometimes it's overcast or rainy, can be. Um, maybe everybody's just recovering from Christmas. I don't know. But yeah. February... The be- the very best time, not best, because the best times I've been been with you, but mm. um, <laughs> the the smallest crowds I've ever seen at Disneyland were in February. Yeah, I mean, keep in mind also that um, pretty much any weekend day is going to be pretty busy. Um, yeah. Holidays, of course, for the most part are busy. Although I think you did you go to on, on Thanksgiving once or was that Knott's Berry Farm? Knott's Berry Farm. Okay, never mind then. <laughs> <laughs> Holidays are usually pretty busy. Yeah. Uh, one resource that uh, I've used before is a website called isitpacked.com. <laughs> um, they basically will predict for you how busy Disneyland is going to be yeah. on any given day of the year, just based on you know the season and typically what it's been like in the past or if there's you know a marathon going on that weekend because those are always crazy yeah or if it's like the first day of the halloween decorations or something of that nature yeah you can also just i mean is it packed is a great site but if you want more than one reference you can just do a google search for disney crowd calendar there's several out there that um it may be worth looking at a couple if you're kind of on the fence about what days to go 
So yeah, that's uh, best times to go. Yep. But guess what time it is now? <laughs> what time is it? <laughs> it's time for Mike's recommended reading book corner Yay! thing. <laughs> <laughs> Great. I need to remember the name of this segment. <laughs> I'm excited to hear what you have to say. Um, I spent a little bit of time looking for some books on Disneyland because I kind of realized that for all my love of Disney, I haven't really read a lot of Disneyland-related books. Um, I know. I did, I did read the first book of the Kingdom Keepers series, which is about Disney World. It's fiction. Didn't love it. Mm. <laughs> it's like juvenile fiction, um. but not my favorite. If you're a tween, maybe you'd like it more than I did, but <laughs> I'm just throwing that out there. Um, found a couple books that I thought looked interesting. Uh, one in particular that I uh, was intrigued by is, is called Dream It, Do It, and it's by Marty Sklar. That's his full name. <laughs> S-K-L-A-R. So Marty Sklar is a, a, Disney, a former Disney Imagineer and worked for Disney Imagineering for pretty much like 50 years and was instrumental in a lot of um, the designs of uh, Disneyland and other Disney parks. Uh, he was instrumental in the design of the Tiki Room, which I love. Yep. And It's a Small World. Uh, he was also... Uh, really involved uh, in later years in the design and construction of Disneyland Paris and Disneyland Tokyo. Um, and the book is just about his experiences working for uh, working for and on Disneyland for uh, the majority of his life. Um, very influential. His name is on one of the windows on Main Street, which if you know about Disneyland, that's one of the highest honors you can get when working for the Disney company. So I thought that one looked interesting. I might have to take a look at that one. And another one that I've actually wanted to read for a while since it first came out is um, Creativity, Inc. And that's oh, by... Oh, yeah, I've seen this one. Yeah, you've probably seen that one. It's by Ed Catmull, who is um, co-founder of Pixar Studios. And one of the... Uh, like, I think he's now is like the CEO of the studio, if I'm not mistaken. But it's a book kind of about Pixar's beginnings and also just a book for um, people who want to learn good management techniques, things that he has found to be effective uh, in his years working for Pixar. Which, if you know anything about Pixar, if you've been you know, alive the last 20 years... <laughs> they're pretty successful. You know that they're a very successful company. <laughs> so um, that's one that I've wanted to pick up and check out. So I just want to throw that out to our listeners. That uh, I mean, it's a New York, New York Times bestseller... Probably a good read worth picking up. Yeah. Also, Buzz Lightyear's on the cover, yeah. so that's cool. Buzz Lightyear conducting an orchestra. Yep. Which, so it's like Phantasmic yeah. and... Mm. Not Phantasmic. Fantasia and Pixar in, yeah. one, in one cover. Yeah. Very that's, clever. That's the logo they used when he went to Pixar in concert. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah. yeah. Wasn't that great? That was great. Really magical. That was really fun. Yeah. Just throwing that out there. It was awesome. We went and they showed clips from Pixar movies at a Bravenel Hall in Salt Lake City while the Utah Symphony played the music live to go along with what we were seeing on the screen. It was so cool. It was great. Yeah, that was fun. Um, one other thing that I just thought about, that's gonna, I guess it's going to be my last recommendation. Um, go do Turtle Talk with Crush. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> it's like, it's not just for little kids. Like, it is, if you are fun and don't take yourself too seriously, like it can be the most fun part of your trip, mm -hmm. I think. 
Um, if you're engaging with Crush and answer questions or volunteer, it it's totally silly, but it's really, really fun. It's very fun. It's over in California Adventure um, in the animation building. I don't yeah. know what that's called. Yeah, the animation okay. building. We'll call it that. Yeah. Also, the new Guardians of the Galaxy ride in California Adventure. Totally awesome. Yeah. It was fun. (laughs) No, and I mean that sincerely. Like I said at the beginning, I don't like drops. And so Tower of of Terror was never my cup of tea. I don't. It's another, like, why? It's dumb. It's just a drop. (laughs) Like, why is that fun? But it was was good. Oh, it it was great. And I got to give a shout out to my friend Claire, who I went to high school with, who's an Imagineer and was one of the lead designers on that ride. She did a great job. Yeah. Good job, Claire. (laughs) Anyway, well, that pretty much wraps up our show. If you have stayed with us this long, thank you. Uh, You're awesome, and hope we haven't talked your ear off. But, I mean, if you're you're still listening, clearly you've listened to other episodes. So I I hope we're not boring you too much. I hope you're enjoying this at least a little bit. Um, Yeah, do you have anything else you want to say? Just want to say thanks, everyone, for listening, and we'll see you on Main Street. Let's go, Lundbergs!